We can't hear you, Trisha, with your new headphones. <laughs> She's plugging in. I can hear her it's getting close. Hello? How about now? Louder. You need to be louder. Louder. <laughs> Hang on. I don't know how much might... louder. There we go. I turned you up. Because when I, I edited. I just, there. I just muted myself. That's good. Oh, geez. Now you're echoing. Uh-oh. I don't hear an echo. Well, now you're better. Me or her was echoing. You. Really? That's not good. Well, now, now you're better. Hold on. Okay. Well, I have turned us up. Much better. Okay. When when I edited... so cool now. Trisha, bless you. I was going to, like, tell you you had to go buy new ones. Because <laughs> I'm editing going, I can't hear Trisha. It's terrible. Uh, <clears throat> well, I didn't buy them. I found these, and I think they were from the X. And I found them, and I'm like, oh, I should try these ones. And I guess they, they're working pretty well then. Yeah, they work pretty good. Scott is checking his sweet potato fries, so he should be back in a minute. Oh, that sounds good. I know. It's totally out of the Beta Aurors podcast. Wait till you guys hear the new podcast. It's going to be Yay. so much fun. <laughs> I love sweet potato fries. I get hit with a, a vomiting hex, and so while everybody's talking, I'm going, <laughs> they're just laughing at me. But I was like, you haven't thrown up yet. Hang on, roll. Now you throw up. <laughs> I didn't even have to go get... <coughs> hey, that's my favorite thing, vomit. I know. You're going to love it, Trisha. There's <laughs> lots of vomit in it. Oh, man. I'm just waiting for Scott. I, if I hadn't been such a dork and hadn't screwed up the recording for Scott and Jen, we would have released it Wednesday. We were going to release it as a live pro- performance and have people there to talk to everybody and stuff like that. But I don't mm-hmm. have the other two edited, so I can't do anything with it. Which is sad. Because I blew it. My smoke alarm went off in the middle of it. Oh, gee. And then and then you hear me beating the heck out of my smoke alarm because I was trying to get it to, I couldn't reach it to turn it off. So I just beat it with a broom until it stopped. <laughs> Apparently, Montague is now involved with them as well. He smiled at me. Cringes uh, 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 for a moment and says. I, I had that problem. It went off and scared the hell out of me. And I could take it down. But I couldn't put it back up, and mm-hmm. it didn't like that, and it just beeped and beeped, and finally I just took the battery out, and I was like, I'm not going to sit here and... <laughs> no, I need to get another one, because it's not safe, but... See, mine's mine's in with, I guess, the system or something, or with my le- electricity, so if my electricity goes out, the thing doesn't work. I don't... Mm-hmm. It, which I find very stupid. Right. Tomorrow we're having vision screenings. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. There's Scott. Add him. There we go. I don't want to work a double shift the rest of the week. Very few people would. Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. Hello. Scott, who looks nice in his hat. We need to get to a hat, I need to go see this hat you speak of. (laughs) He he looks suave. Yes. It was fun. It looked like fun. That was my Guys and Dolls costume for the one song we did from that. The other two songs I was in, I got to dress up like a hippie instead. Oh, where are those the beard. I have a couple. Oh, fun. But uh, But he's not sharing. (laughs) Mostly the only ones I have in that costume that have been posted up anywhere yet are the giant group pictures, so you'd have to search for me. And the other one I have is black and white, which just doesn't have the same effect with all the hippie clothes. Mm. <laughs> Not with the colors, but like in your gangster or guys and dolls things, that, that's very classic at that time anyhow. So that's like, that was yeah, it works. 
If I was just doing that one, I probably would have shaved, but we figured the beard was better for the hippie ones, and I was in two of those, so. <laughs> oh, and you I could, like, shave half, and then you could have just faced half the audience, but no, that doesn't work. Really <laughs> no, there's a little too much moving around for that. It is. When we were doing Guys and Dolls back in middle school, when Adelaide was doing her little dance with the, you know, our costume, somehow it had feathers on her head, and the arch fell down, and it was quite a mess. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. I can see that. So some of the hot box girls come skidding off stage. Oh, my God, the arch fell down. Everybody's like, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. So anybody got anything fun to share? Well, I can share my syrup story. I was going to say, apparently Mooney has a syrup story. So okay. I'm up at Grandma's, and we were making dinner, and we were like, oh, the fridge is all sticky. What the heck? Well, then Grandma was like, well, that explains a lot. You know, my, my container of syrup had gone down significantly, and I was like, oh, joy. So it had spilled on the second shelf and then on the onto the bottom shelf. So we mm-hmm. took, like, everything out of the fridge wiped it off it was it was a mess and then it's like all draining down into the little crevice Ew, yeah that's a mess. <laughs> so i just went to go take a shower because i was just completely sticky <laughs> not fun no well I and to... somebody is going to take that out of context and put it in the intro <laughs> maybe no we're not that bad on occasion we're usually nice to people unless it's saying sex and snark hacks well not, yes then we're not nice <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it makes Natasha very happy, so you know we've got to leave it in there. Mm-hmm. So I sent him a note. I was so excited. I sent him a note and said, "I only have one more podcast to edit before I do the one you're in." And then I had to send him a note and go, "Oops, I lied to you. I forgot we did them out of order. I still mm-hmm. have several podcasts to do. Next one's Harmony." He's like, "No thanks," <laughs> but he's he's enjoying the one that I've been releasing. And that's good. Right now. I'm just about finished uh, going through the next one. Oh, good. I, I'll send I have an hour uh, edited and half an hour unedited after that. Cool. So so it'll probably wind up being an hour and 20 or so. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I just started the last one of that series. Because I think he'd be open to an author interview, so we should try to do an author interview with him. Yeah. He seems like an interesting guy, and, and we've had lots of conversations, so that's cool. Did you end up doing anything with the um, bit that I recorded? I think I sent it to you too late for the one it was supposed to go on. Yeah, I just said, you said, before we start the second one, and I went, each third. <laughs> so I just fixed it and stuck it to the to the beginning of the third one, the one I released yesterday, because I totally forgot that I was supposed to release it on Friday, and I ran out of things to listen to. So I was like, oh, I'll just listen to this. And it's like, it was, you know, it went out on the third. I was like, wasn't that two days ago? Oh, man. So I had to rush and get it out. But luckily I had put the show notes minus your editing um, mm-hmm. together the day before. So it was real easy to get at it, get it released. Yeah. That's good. But the show notes have mellow spelled wrong in the, ah, well. in the podcast itself. We'll survive. Yep. <laughs> There's probably a way to go edit that, but. Yeah. I can edit it. It's not a problem. <laughs> I just didn't want to do it right before the podcast. So Yeah, no worries. I don't have any particularly exciting stories from today because everything is just finished, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still was somewhat of a zombie at work from 
uh, not really resting this weekend, <laughs> but because you know our cast party went till three thirty Sunday morning. Wow! And, uh, oh my! Was, I, that's actually when I got home. It was probably still going, um, mm-hmm. but uh, we went to one of the director's houses and sang karaoke, which is a lot of fun when you have people who can really sing and mm-hmm. are wanting to do it. <laughs> it's- that sounds like so much fun. And we pretty much all sang along with everyone's songs, so hey. Wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday I slept in but did not manage to go back to bed in the evening at a reasonable time, so I was kind of tired today still. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm taking Mom in for an endoscopy on Friday. Mm. So I'm working all these double shifts this week. My boss is like, it's fine because you're going to, you're not working on Friday, so we can just adjust your personal leave. But I'm also pet sitting, so it was like, I could stay tonight, but then the dog won't get to go out and go to the bathroom at a reasonable time, so I can't. And tomorrow I have to rush home on my lunch break, and I was supposed to be subbing in the class that started at 12.30, so that Mm -hmm. gave me time to actually have a little leeway. And now I'm subbing in the class that starts at 12.15, which gives me no leeway. No. I don't mind being... Did we lose Trisha? No, she's there. Okay. A Hufflepuff and and helping out, but at the same time, I'm already sick. I don't want to get worse. Oh, dear. Don't get sick. Not good. How are you doing, Trisha? Oh, I'm okay. Just doing... I don't know. When's the last time I talked to you? I can't remember. <laughs> a long time. I know. Are you training for another marathon? It seems to me I saw something about a half marathon. Or uh, This time I decided just to do the half marathon in May, but I don't have to start training and really start training it until February 2nd. So, But I got to get my butt. I really haven't been running since last May for a while. Um, somehow I ended up Becoming a cheerleading coach. Yes, I know. That's exciting. Oh, my. Yeah. For a bunch of 11 and 12-year-old girls. Yeah. Um, and I have 12-year-old boys, So, and I've been around boys, and I work with mainly all men. So this has been a really big experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. It has been a shock to the system. I bet. I mean, at one point, I had girls crying dur- during during cheerleading and I was just kind of looking at them I'm like why the hell are you crying for because <laughs> that's what you do <laughs> are you crying no are you crying are you crying there's no crying there's no crying in baseball I guess so yeah so it's been it's been a, the, the, I've been getting in touch with my little girl side <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never experienced before in my life. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, it's girly girl side. Yeah, that, 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 I mean, I work with all men. I'm, yeah, I have boys. I had an older brother. So, yeah, this is kind of weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> so is Ulrich enjoying having the girls around or does well, he sort of ignore well, it? Well, I'm coaching. He's playing football. Oh, um, okay. So... I'm there when he's still playing football, so it's it, it's kind of it's kind of a little offset, so it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So we're been in the same thing, but now so football should end end of this month, and so and then wrestling starts, and thank God there's no cheerleading in wrestling, so I won't get involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah. when wrestling starts, I will only be a taxi, and that's it. Uh, I'm going to start a petition in his wrestling match that you have cheerleaders for wrestling. <laughs> You're so mean, too. I know it. I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> it's tough. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it's some days it's like hurting cats. Mm-hmm. Chickens. I swear, chickens are worse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've never experienced hurting chickens, but I've heard cats before. And that that's just, that's just spastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's worse, preschool or, or 12-year-old little girls. Uh, I don't know. No, they've been, so- you know it. They've been really good, and they've been a lot, they've been a lot of fun. I can't say, but yeah, there's a couple of times where I'm just like, "Wow, what the hell did I get myself into?" Hello, hello, I can hear you. Did you go mm-hmm. away again? You went away. You went away. Huh? I shouldn't have. Oh you went away. I'm in. I'm I in Renee's with That's really, right. really good internet. We should be good tonight. Okay. I can hear you. You were fine. I just heard a dog, and then I didn't hear anything for a little bit. Mm. Well. well okay. We should probably start the podcast, and then we won't be here all night. Okay. Probably a good idea. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Nerdy, awesome, fun. Nerdy, awesome, fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not my. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How about Sherbert Levin? If I start snoring, let me know. Friends Never mind, I'm not going there, I'm not going friends. there. Oh, we're just having adventures. Yep, we're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl, now chop those trousers. Strip. Yep. Ooh, we're evil. How's that going? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, shit. <laughs> I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. (laughs) (laughs) Same Snape time, same Snape channel. It's all Snape. How can we find him? I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, nice. They're there to talk about perspective. They're going to worry about homework. Puke. I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good on nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> we always laugh before the end. Father, think we clean. Where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. This is the flagship of the Puffwa Podcasts. I am Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And I'm Mooney. And today we are starting a new, well, we're starting season seven, which is really exciting Woo! for us. Woo! Yay. I, know. I can't believe we're doing it, but we're going to do it. And we are starting a new fic called We Belong by MJ2007. And it says, this is the summary, it's been 10 years since Harry Potter defeated Voldemort, but for a 10-year-old orphan and a surviving Weasley twin, the story is just beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's uh, 16 okay. chapters. Go ahead. 
I read this one, then I read the story beyond that. I'm on the last freaking ass story on this. <laughs> it's really good, isn't it? It's good. I can't it's remember if I finished it. I'm on the last book of it. And I got to tell you right now, I've never hated Molly more. <laughs> I, know. I know, right? She's horrible in the beginning of this. Oh, my God. I mean, I want to kill her. I never hated Molly ever. Trisha. Oh dear. Never like this. <laughs> there she is. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> you totally went. I've never hated Molly ever like this. <laughs> <laughs> I know every once in a while I get something. You know what? I've been having some problems with my um my cable and stuff like that. Yeah. Um or just did a um I was running a movie and I had to call him and and bitch that every time we like every two seconds, the thing kind of like not buffers, but it does lo- the little square, the square digital thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, I'm not paying. The, I'm not paying to run a movie, and I get the digital thing. So who knows what's going on with my internet now? Oh, it's such a pain. I know. Mm-hmm. I love being over at Renee's because she's got high speed internet. I need to nice remember and upload all the podcasts and things while I'm here because it takes <laughs> two minutes rather than twenty. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes a difference. It does. So we start out on June 13th, 2008, and the first line says, When a mother dies, leaving behind small children, it's always unfortunate. But sometimes, for some children, it's something more. Sometimes it's tragic. And we have this little boy. His name is Alfred, and he is at the funeral for his mother. He has two siblings and a stepfather. Mm-hmm. And the Woodruffs. Yes. And we know that Mrs. Woodruff does not like him. She snickers and calls him the little bastard, and he has never called her grandma. And as far as I'm concerned, she's a witch with a capital B. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. We start out with a description of him as compared to the rest of his family who's there, because they are all short and stocky and olive-skinned, and here he is, tall and thin, pale, bright red hair, freckles. So you can you can tell just looking at them that uh, he's a stepson. Yes. And it's just like Harry. It's just, his story is just like Harry's. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. It really is, except it's, it's dialed back about three notches from where Harry's was. Because his, his stepfather tries to be nice to him, at least, and civil and treat him well. He just... Can never really bring himself to feel for him because, mm-hmm. as we find out later in the chapter, of every time he looks at this boy who is so completely unlike either himself or his wife, he can just. So this is the guy that she got pregnant with before we met, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he really does love Katie. So the the woman that died is Katie Woodruff, and her husband's name has escaped me at the moment. Billy. Yes, Billy Woodruff. Billy Woodruff. And he loved Katie. He just adored her, but she could never really love him because she loved Fred. She loved someone else. (laughs) She did love someone else. So we have the funeral, and then we have Alf doing the dishes after they've gone home and everybody's come by. and, And he thinks to himself that... You know, it's terrible that people expect to be fed at the funeral. 
And here he is having to do all of the cleanup and dishes mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's also been thinking about um, what life was like with his mother and um, how she was always uh, such a good, she had such a great imagination. She'd make up all these stories to tell them and they were great fun, except uh, his brother Len didn't think they were any good because obviously that's not realistic. Right. Because there were ghosts and witches and wizards and a bad man called Voldemort. Mm -hmm. Which of course has uh, has nothing whatsoever to do with real life or anything. No, never. No, no, no. No. You should write these down. You should sell them. They're really good. You'd make a mint. <laughs> yeah, I can't exactly. Joe Rowling that. did that. <laughs> That's true. Joe did. Yeah, when I first read this for a bit while I was going through it, I thought that they were going to say Joe Rowling really is Katie Bell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah. they didn't go that direction. No, nope, did not. So Alf's just finishing up his dishes, and Billy comes in and says, we need to talk. And Alf says, yes, sir. Never a good side. No. And he, Billy has a manila, manila envelope, and it's all full of stuff. And he really hasn't any idea, you know, what's going on. And finally, Billy says, your mom, she's been really sick. She had cancer. Um, she had lots of drugs trying to keep her in the pain. And I know that you spent a long t- a lot of time with her. You're a good son. I'll give you that. But, oh, jeez. And, you know, and he wanted to know what she talked about during all of that time. And and Alf says, well, she was just telling me these make-believe stories. It wasn't real. Mm-hmm. But and she re- started talking like all the stories she used to tell us were actually things that happened. So, obviously, you know, the cancer was getting to her and she was the, the medication and all that was just making her barmy. But mm-hmm. uh, Billy says, no, actually... That all was real. I guess it must have been a shock to find out. And he's like, what are you having me on now? Let's go. This is weird. Mm-hmm. But he has a letter from Katie to explain that, yes, this is really the world that I came from. And I wanted to keep you apart from it to keep you safe. And I think maybe that's a mistake now. And uh, Okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. So it's is it not an, until the letter that Billy learns that, no, Katie's, Billy. No, no. no he, Billy he knew because Katie used to show him magic when when uh, Alf was a baby. Right, mm-hmm. but did she then tell him everything? No, she just said that she was just a witch, and that was it. Yeah, I don't think she told him much about it. Yeah. I think she told him that Fred died in the war, and you know maybe told him a little bit about the war, but I don't think she told him much. So there's two letters inside this envelope, and on the back mm-hmm. of Alf's letter is an address and a diagram and a brick wall with numbers one through five circled on it, I, which the text reader says one five. And I'm like, there's only two numbers. I don't understand. But then as it went on, I figured it out. And basically she says, you know, I made the decision to raise you far away from the world of magic. And maybe that wasn't a great decision, but now I know, you know, whatever else it would have offered you, it would have given you family, and I took you away from that. And I know that you think I've been rambling because of the drugs, but I haven't taken any drugs in the last five days so that I'm clear-headed to write this. Your father was a wizard, and I was, am a witch. And she goes on to tell kind of what happened, and that Fred was killed. And that there's an address on the letter for a pub in, in London called the Leaky Cauldron, and you need to go there 
and then use my wand to tap the wa- the, the bricks and go to the Weasley, Wizard Weezes and find George Weasley and give him this envelope. Mm-hmm. And she says that her magic imprint will only last for two weeks, so he's got to go soon. Which is an interesting little detail. It is. Something MJ just came up with, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then... So he's reading this and going, just, she's gone nuts. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. She came up with all these details. She really should have published this, but you're obviously not going to believe all this stuff. And his stepfather hands him money for a train ticket to go to London. He's like, right, I'm just supposed to go to London with a hundred pounds and just wander around looking for a place that doesn't exist. Yeah. And, and Alf says, she was my mother and she loved me, but thanks to the cancer, she was flat out barmy. And that sets Billy off. And he starts beating him and beating beating him and beating him. And poor Alf is just, he's never been hit before. Billy's never liked him. Well, at the beginning of this, we find out that Billy's never liked him. And Billy's afraid that without Katie there to be a calming influence on him, that he will just beat him. Yeah. He can't control himself. Yeah. He can't. He will either start beating him or just yell at him all the time because it's so painful to look at this kid all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's sending him away for his own good is is his idea. But Alf just thinks, well, what am I supposed to do? Try and survive in London on 100 pounds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll have to just go to an orphanage. And he crawls up to bed, and the next morning his sister is in bed with him and, and, you know, waiting for him to wake up. And she says, her name is Liv, and she says, Daddy didn't mean it. And Alf Mm -hmm. doesn't quite agree with that, but he, you know, he knows deep down that he did mean it and that he's going to have to leave because otherwise he's going to die, and that's not what he wants. And Billy sends Liv away. And sends her actually away with grandma and her grandmother so that there's no, you know, dramatic goodbye scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and grandma came to pick up the other two kids and mm-hmm. take them to school or wherever they're going. Yeah. So. And his brother's kind of a git, his half-brother. He likes mm-hmm. Liv quite a bit, but the other one is really a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of, I can't remember what character it is. What's popping into my head now is kind of Spock, but that's not who I was thinking of originally. There was an, a kid who was kind of like that, very logical, and might be the middle kid from the unfortunate series of unfortunate events books or something oh, like that. Um, um, Klaus? Yeah, Klaus. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's exactly who I was thinking of originally, but that's another example. Uh, he's very, he's a smart kid and he's very logical and everything must make sense. And he's not going to hold with any of these weird fantasy stuff. Why would you bother telling stories about things that aren't real? And, uh, man, he's probably reads nonfiction books for fun and that kind of thing. If he reads at all. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think this kid is a reader. Liv might be a reader, but the boy, he's not a reader. Could be. I think it's really funny that Billy sends Alf off with a sandwich, which happens to be corned beef, <laughs> at 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Does anybody like corned beef? I do. I do, too. Corn beef I like, like it sometimes. It's a bit strong like for me, so I don't have it with... very often. But Sauerkraut and Thousand Island dressing, man. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. I like to make corned beef hash. What's that? It's cubed potatoes and cubed corned beef 
and you cook them all together. You can put onions and peppers and stuff in it. It's almost like a hash brown kind of a thing. And then you make a a well in it and you drop an egg in there and you put the lid on it and you kind of soft boil the the egg in in the well and then serve it. All right. I'm becoming hungry. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, I might have to go get more supper at some point, but oh well. (laughs) With your sweet potato fries, you reminded me of the Orr's Beta. Oh, yeah. With your sweet potato fries. Oh, yeah, I forgot somebody ordered those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yes, I, I bought a yam uh, or possibly a sweet potato the other day, and I've made fries from it a couple times now. And mm-hmm. Had a smoky and banana. Doesn't seem to have filled everything up, so we'll see. But, anyway. There you go. One of the things that kind of struck me as slightly weird, but I guess maybe it's because she doesn't like thinking about leaving them behind, is that she never mentioned in any of the stories, she didn't change anybody's names, so he knows about Harry Potter and he recognizes the name Weasley, but he's never heard of George. It was always the only uh, ones referred to were Ron, Percy, Ginny, and the Weasley twins. The Weasley twins, yeah. They never. She never mentioned the names of either twin. Well, I can imagine that it was probably really painful for her. But yeah, it is kind of weird that she never actually told him his father's name. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to open this other letter because he figures, well, maybe there'll be stuff that makes more sense in that or mm-hmm. something. And everything he tries doesn't work. It, it, the paper won't rip, and there's nothing that's going on. And finally, he takes this weird stick that she left and whacks the whacks the envelope with it. And the writing changes and says, "Confidential for George Weasley only, darling." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he kind of throws it back in his rucksack, and he's just like, "Wow," because she knew he would probably try it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks to himself, Harry Potter grew up in a muggle household, and he used to sleep in the cupboard under the stairs. All right. How does Katie know this? Everybody I'm not knows. Sure. I don't think everybody does. Ron and Hermione, I don't, I don't think even Ron and Hermione know. It's not That's the sort of true. thing Harry would advertise. That's very No, true. Harry would definitely not. I don't know. Cause... But that didn't occur to me reading it because all of us know. So, mm. <laughs> but good point. The plot said so. <laughs> and we move on to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And these and chapters he's don't have taken the No. He's taken the train, and it's afternoon, almost evening, and he's standing in front of the leaky cauldron. And apparently the other people aren't really noticing it, which is weird, but maybe they just don't really aren't really looking for a pub. Because obviously it can't be magic. Right. But he goes in, and there's this old lady in the corner in funny black robes, and her drink is spewing smoke from the top, and the bartender's like, Hey, boy, what are you about? And Elsa says, I'm going to Diagon Alley. And he's, By yourself? And he says, My mom sent me. And the bartender wants to know who mom is. And she says, Katie, he says, Katie Woodruff. Uh, she used to be Katie Bell. And the bartender knows that name. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there are a lot of people in on this joke. It's, it's weird. Yeah, There's a lot of people that do this. Now, this is the bit that annoyed me in the first chapter and this chapter. Okay. It's because it's one of my little uh, picky things, is that they've gone with the movie opening of Diagon Alley, mm-hmm. the pattern of bricks that he has to hit, whereas in the book, you just have to count up and find the right one, and that opens. Oh, I noticed that. Well, that's but, true. Oh, well. 
because p- people have sort of, uh, the movie kind of goes over top of things and people remember that. But, uh, mm. oh, well. The spelling is driving me nuts. The alternating between mom and mom is driving me crazy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think he just missed a couple or she just missed a couple. I did notice in the first chapter, and I think this one as well, they spelt fairy tales as in tales of animals. Oh. But then by <laughs> the third chapter, they got it right. So. Oh. <laughs> okay. Ah, well. And the text reader, of course, wouldn't tell you that, so it's fine. No. I am looking. I'm very active in my church. I'm an Episcopalian, and my other religion is the Boston Red Sox. Does not say whether or not this is Hold a male a or a female. Yes, because I can see MJ going okay, either I'll way. I'll be back. I think, I think no it's problem. a girl. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. Can someone send me the link to this thing? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. It's in the chat. I'll reach that Somewhere. In. Okay. And, you know, Tom says, tell your mom. Tom says hi. And he says, he thinks to himself, well, it's probably not a good idea to tell him that my mom is dead. Yeah. And I like as he leaves, the lady in the corner, the witch in the corner says, if that ain't a Weasley, then I'm not Amanda Hooch. <laughs> well, we know what Madam Hooch does on her off time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is interesting. I just looked at it. And the actual description of the arch appearing is the same as the one from the books. But what? they've lifted the pattern thing from the movie. Huh. Huh. Oh, well, anyway. Yeah. Not that major a point. No, it's not. So we shift to the inside of Weasley Wizard Wheezes with, of course, a bang. Always. It's <laughs> young Angus Wood, the five-year-old, mm-hmm. who's gotten a little too close to the fizzing whiz-bangs. Gotta watch out for those fizzing whiz-bangs, man. <laughs> and I, I love that he has a, a charming Scots brogue. <laughs> Sends him off. I see your dad's coming. Be off with you. He scampers out through the door. Now, me, I'd say five-year-old's a little young to be wandering around anywhere by themselves, but Mm -hmm. maybe if you're a wizard, it's not so bad. And Ron's going over, and he's going to count the money for the till, and he sends Aurora off. And, of course, she's related to him, because they're almost all related Mm -hmm. to him nowadays. Well, not quite. She's a niece of Fleur's, so Mm -hmm. technically... He's only related by marriage, but... Yeah. It's Bill's. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Bill's relation, not theirs. And he's thinking to himself about George and that George hasn't been happy for 10 years and that he was once... George was once Fred and George, half of a pair of twins, inseparable, irascible, irrepressible, and irresistible. That's a lot of eyes. <laughs> it's a lot of eyes. Yeah. It is. And then Fred died... And now George is bewildered and lost, and he might still be alive, but he's not any way like he was. Except when he's with family, when he's with the kids, then Mm -hmm. he gets to be a little bit more like the George that they remember. Yeah, because then he's goofy Uncle George, and he has all the best presents and things like that. Trisha, you're too low. How about now? You're in the other room. There we go. I gotta get used to this headset. I'm like, you're in the basement. <laughs> oh, you missed you missed last we should have did this last week. Mm-hmm. I had my sexy voice. Did you? Mm-hmm. Kinda like mine? Oh no, my you know how deep mine get. Mm-hmm. Good night, Ulrich. Good night, Ulrich. Susan, good night. Never mind. Go to sleep. 
Eight. Now he goes, good night, too. There he goes. I was going to say, he can't have forgotten me. I'll cry. What? Yes, she did. He said, okay. Did you not believe me that I actually said goodnight to him? He thought I said, he thought I was just saying. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. Um, last week I tried to cheer him with the cheerleaders. I have my voice and they're, they're all looking at me like, that's, what's wrong with you? I go, this is my, this is my alter ego. And they're like, oh. Lola? <laughs> okay. I go, no, my alter ego is named Tim. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they just had a blast. And then my voice, would, I can, I would crack my voice, and my voice would come back. And then I would yell again, and it would be back dumb down again. And they were like, "Turns back!" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I hate you guys. Oh dear. And then they were hoping Tim would stay for the football game. Thank you guys. Anyhow, sorry. Off That's subject. Okay. We have to be off topic at least once. That's our rules. They're unwritten, but they're rules somewhere. We're way off course. Ron wants to know if George is coming to dinner. And George says, no, I've got plans. And Ron doesn't believe him. But there's not much he can do about it. And he knows that the family dinners can be an ordeal because there's Bill and Fleur and their two kids. And then there's Percy and Penelope and their young daughter. And there's two-year-old Rosie and Hugo with Ron and Hermione and Harry and Ginny's got their three, plus Teddy, if Teddy's coming. So that's a lot. And, you know, only Charlie doesn't have any kiddos, and he's probably not going to be there anyhow. He's out in Romania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the door opens, and this little boy and, comes in. Mm-hmm. Their doorbell is a rooster crow that turns into a moo. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. That would drive like, me nuts. He's like, we're closing in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he looks up, and there's a miniature George standing there. Yeah. And he comes like, forward. Go ahead, Trisha. He's like, are you Mr. George Weasley? <laughs> I have to bring this to my mother. From my mother. Boy, I can't do I can't do an accent. My life depended on it. Oh, we'll just wait till you hear me in the orders. I go from <laughs> one to the other to the next. <laughs> Um, it's fun. It was fun. So, and Ron just is gobsmacked. And he I says, can imagine. And he's thinking to himself, wow, George has been keeping secrets beyond the formula for you know poo. And uh, he says, uh, I'm Ron Weasley. And the boy says, oh, well, this envelope won't open for anybody but him. At least it wouldn't for me when I tried. And then he blushed and he's like, I mean, I know I wasn't supposed to, but how was I supposed to know? And Ron yeah. heads and Ron in. And just goes back and gets George and he goes, don't touch anything. And you know what? That's the worst thing you can do to a kid. Right. You walk away and tell him not to touch because that makes them want to touch even more. Yeah. You have and also there's own. the thing where um, my mom likes to call don't is the invisible word. Mm-hmm. Anytime you put that in, that's um, not going to work. You have to tell them to do something rather than not to do something else. Right. It's like, don't think of a pink elephant. Pink elephant, pink elephant, pink elephant. So George is mine working. Had, mine had white spots. Did he? <laughs> mine had blue. I, just, I love, I love Ron. Um, George, something you'd like to tell me. Uh, yeah. Not that I can yeah, think of. Your mouth no? before the flies gets in. Why do you ask? 
Well, because there's this little guy up front that can only be your son, and he's asking for you. And he has an envelope with your name on it. And George is like, are you nuts? You left a ten-year-old in the shop? Come on! (laughs) Bang! (laughs) And Ron's explanation that he thought he was George's son does not help matters. Oh, yeah. I thought he was your son. All the more reason. (laughs) Yeah. Would you have left George alone in a joke shop ten years ago? (laughs) Would you let George alone in uh, in a joke shop now? Nope. Also... So then we jump back to Alf before he actually enters the wheezes. And he's still in a state of shock because he's walking down this alley going, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. This really can't be happening. Oh, my goodness. Look at the owls. Oh, my goodness. Look at the wands. You know, and he sees this man and he, you know, he picks up his little boy and he tosses him up in the air. And he's like, you can't get by me any better than a quaffle. And the little kid squeals. And the guy kind of catches a glimpse of him, and then he does a double take. But by the time he turns around to do the double take, Alf's kind of sidled into the shadows, and he doesn't really see him. But now he's in the shop, and he's saying to himself, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, which really means touch something, touch something, touch something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's all these things. There's the cutest little sparrow. Mm-hmm. You gotta, it's just he jerked at me. Yeah, and then he explodes in this giant clap of thunder and sends feathers everywhere. And Alf starts choking and and all I can say is, and don't touch anything! Oops. Oh, well. And uh, here comes George. Oi! What are you about, kid? Coming in here closing with a cock and bull story and making a mess. And then he sees him. And Alf sees George. And, George is, and he thinks that George is his father. Because he looks just like him. Like him, yeah. Yeah. Mm, poor kid. Same, same face, same hair, same build, same freckles. Yep. And he goes off. Oh. You son of a bitch! He, he charges him. You let my mother think you were dead, you bastard. And he starts pounding on him. And he gets grabbed by Ron. You left us, left her with a man she didn't love. And who didn't love me. And a world that we didn't belong in. Why didn't you love her? And he turns and he runs away. Poor kid. Well, first of all, he's George calls him kiddo, and he turns around and he says, Alfred, it's Alfred. You That's don't even way. know my name. And then he storms out. And now George is gobsmacked. And we change once again. Of course. Yeah. And one of them gets shoved into a, a shelf of biting dominoes. It's Ron. Ron. Yeah, Ron gets... No help, please, would be nice. Mm-hmm. And finally, George pulls himself together and, and yeah. And he's like, George, what's going on? How come you didn't know you had a son? He goes, I don't have a son. Did you look at him? Of course I looked at him. He looks like you. Yeah. He's Fred's. And Ron's like, Fred's son? Are you sure? And George is like, yes, I'm sure. You guys could never tell us apart, but we always saw the differences. And that is... I would hope so. Yeah. I have twins this year. Thank goodness they're not identical. Huh. And George says his name. Do you remember the Yule Ball? It was me and Angelina and Fred and Katie. And Angelina joked if she ever had a kid, she'd name him after Victor Crumb, trying to make me mad. And Fred quipped that he'd know what he'd name his kid. He'd name him Alfred. And he said, why Alfred? And he smirks at Kurt, Katie, and he winks, and he says, because he'd be half Katie and half Fred. And they, ha, 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 that's so funny. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Which doesn't really quite work, no. given yeah, that would, you don't pronounce like the it. L. But uh, <laughs> no, but that's okay. Yeah, well. It works. Yeah, I really just didn't get it. I was like, okay, whatever. I I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a Fred joke. It's yeah. gonna be weird, and you know, like the Holy Year joke. They're I just like odd. The Holy Year joke was funny. Okay. So Ron finds the wand and he and George sends Ron out after the boy because George is hyperventilating and reeling and trying to figure it out. So Ron throws George the letter and off he goes and George reads his letter. Mm -hmm. This is feeling very Phantom of the Opera-y. Is it? That sounds like fun music to put in here. (laughs) How so? Just because there's lots of letters? Yes. (laughs) I don't think there's a, a shop ghost, though. No, I, I can't suppose say there could be, but I can't say anything. <laughs> so, yeah, dearest George, I'm certain that this is quite a shock to you. Oh, right? shit, Sherlock. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can think of. I, I hope you'll forgive me, but even if you can't, please don't make don't take my errors out on a young boy who had no part in them. He needs you. And she goes on to explain that the last time she saw Fred, she was pregnant, but she didn't tell anybody and she didn't tell him. She wanted him to leave with her and he wouldn't. So she went in ahead in Mungo, London. And by the time she found out what was going on, Fred was dead and she figured it was just better to stay where she was. Poor kid. And she talks about how she met Billy. He was the owner of the restaurant where she worked and he fell in love with her. And she talks about, you know, why she named him Alfred. And she tells him that Alf's not normal. He's not quite right, but she won't say more than that. Plot point. Um, Yep. And that she felt sick. She had a pain in her side, but she ignored it. And it came back, and she had three small kids, and so she ignored it again. And by the time she had it looked at, she had cancer, and it was eating her. And the muggles couldn't do anything, and the wizards couldn't do anything because she didn't catch it early enough. So she's sending Elf to him to raise because there's nowhere else for him. Billy doesn't love him. Billy doesn't even like him, and that's no place for him. So please, please, please take care of my son. And hopefully he'll ease your wounds as he did mine because he is Fred's son. And then, of course, Ron comes back empty-handed because Alfred really is a Weasley, and he's a Weasley twin type of a guy, and he knows all the hidey holes and things like that, and there's no way that anybody would have found either Fred or George if they didn't want to get found. So George wasn't surprised that he came back empty-handed. So George decides he's going to go out and see to him himself and says, Ron, uh, you take this and some of the extra materials and stuff that were in with it and go tell mom and get Percy to get started on the whole custody thing. And if you don't hear from me by eight, then you can bring everybody out and search for us. But I'll probably just bring him over to dinner once I find him. And Ron's like, really? You're coming to dinner? Yes. Well, I can't I exactly he's find to a, a, yeah. a grandson that uh, Molly didn't know about and not bring him over. <laughs> yeah, she would kill me. Yeah, but on the other hand, bringing him to a full Weasley dinner two oh, seconds later is probably not a smart idea. No, this is also I mean, true. Honestly, how can you? I mean, what, that would just be overwhelming, especially on Weasleys. But my favorite, my favorite thing. The, he goes, he goes um, by eight, then 
bring the posse out to diagonally. Haru probably considered this consider consider it fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, we get to go hunt for somebody. Wee. <laughs> Wee. This will be fun. Yeah. But it is true. There's a slight contrast between a family of five and a family of 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if hearing how this family was, I mean, I'm sorry. It's kind of like a big fat Greek wedding times 20 is the Weasleys. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So Alf has taken off. He's always been fast and he's... In shock because his bloody father didn't want him. His bloody father's alive, and, you know, it has to be George Weasley. has to be his father because they look so much alike that if they looked any more alike, they'd be cloned. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't quite make sense to him either because here's his mom sending him with a letter to George Weasley, but she said to him that his father was dead. And right. if his father is George Weasley and she's sending him to George Weasley, she must know he's alive. And it, it, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, and so he's, she had cancer. She wasn't going to make up. I mean, I know she hasn't been on medication for five days. She still doesn't make a lot of sense. No. And, and he, he just I, doesn't I, know the one little fact that would uh, yeah. make things make sense. <laughs> Yeah, so he's frantically digging through his rucksack looking for the wand, which has been left behind. And he, you know, he literally dumps everything out of his backpack, reaches and pulls it inside out. It's not there. Rats go by with his sandwich. And then he freaks out and starts throwing himself at the wall, trying to break the wall down. Where exactly did he get stuck? He's stuck at the wall. He can't get back through the wall without a wand. Oh, because this made it sound like he was, like, in, like, a, like, the wall had, like... No, he's in Diagon Alley. Yeah. He just wants to go out that way and not that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called him so he can leave. And so he's, you know, frantically, and he's crying, and he's just so upset. And then he hears Ron. Oi! Kid! Alfred! Where'd you go? And he sees this little passageway, and he heads down it. And now he's in Diagon Alley. Oops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is apparently not spelled with a K in this universe, but no. oh well. Apparently <laughs> not. And he's got, he, he plays goalie for the football team, so he's got pretty quick reflexes when the the steps kind of give way out from underneath him, which he I'm sure like is Harry. a good way to get unsuspecting children down into their lairs. Scary thing. Mm. And then he kind of falls off of the stairs because all this stuff is falling down on top of him and then just as when he's trying to get up a cobblestone grabs his leg and he Mm -hmm. can't get away no he's stuck well and truly stuck he does the only thing he can do he puts his head down on his knees and cries we skip time again back to george heading out and he's figures that just calling his name isn't going to really work because you know if he was hiding from somebody just calling George isn't going to make him come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and then he notices this rat going by with a piece of bread and, oh, it's a corned beef sandwich. Hmm. <laughs> and then he looks over and sees that's the entrance to Nocturnale and, oh, of course, that's where he's going to go. Ron would and, have gone, but mm-hmm. Alf doesn't know what Nocturnale could be like, so he's going to go down there. It wouldn't have occurred to Rod, because even if he'd set Mum's drapes on fire, he wouldn't have hit a nocturnally. <laughs> yeah. 
So Alf hears him coming, and he tries to put himself together, and he's braced for a blow, which he's not going to get. And George says, you know, Ron wouldn't have known to find you here. He's he's not the sort to f- frequent this place. And I can tell you, I can tell that that thing on your ankle's getting tighter and tighter, and I really want to take it off of you, but I don't want you to run away. So if I release you, will you promise not to run? And Alf says, if I ran, you'd just make me come back with your wand thing anyhow. Which, you know, give him points. He's smart. <laughs> and George says, yep, you're you're right, but I don't want to. And then he relaxed. What is this word? Relacto? He gets him to relax. Relaxio, I think it was supposed to be. Maybe. Scott, yeah. any ideas? <clears throat> that might be before we knew that relaxio was actually a releasing charm instead of shooting hot water at things. <laughs> No, that was only because it was underwater. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we actually found out what it was in the books. That's something that came up as surrounding information. I just, we, just, I just, we just knew it was the spell that Harry used against Grindelows. You know, I think she, or I don't, he or she, really under, at least knows the dialogue of a, of a ten-year-old. I mean, they're so absolute, they think the absolute worst is very black and white. Am I going to jail? Mm-hmm. And kind of thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. It, it's, it's just so, to the point, very black and white. I think she mm-hmm. knows how to talk like a 10-year-old. Right. Even if he had damaged the store, that's probably not a jail offense. <laughs> Property damage is not a thing that gets you sent to jail for five years. <laughs> no. Well. I, I do love George, though. You know, Alf says, am I going to jail? And George says, not that I know of. Why? Have you killed someone? <laughs> no, but I blew up your store. Yeah, well, no big deal. It's, it's a thunder sparrow. They, they, they do that. And so then he says, can I go? And George says, yeah, to a muggle foster home, I think you said. How about I take you? Mm-hmm. And I have some responsibility for you anyway. Um, by the way, I'm kind of hungry. Do you want to have lunch first? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go in and, and we'll just have lunch and then I'll take you to the to the foster home. Do you have any idea how to find one of those things? Because I don't know. And I was like, yeah, just take me to the police department. They'll deal with me. Mm-hmm. So. I like it. He goes, how'd you know I didn't eat? Never met a Weasley man yet who could stomach a corned beef. Even though mom, even though my mom keeps ignoring that fact. <laughs> So, you know, Molly has this big spread, right? She's got all this food. Can you just see her? She makes this great corned beef roast and sits it at the table, and they all just kind of stare at it, and they don't eat. And so she's like totally, well, oh, I guess we'll have them for sandwiches tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, come on, Molly. You, you're smarter than this. Yeah, but she doesn't even remember that Ron doesn't like maroon. Yeah, but I think that's You know what? She has seven children. You know what? My parents only had two. I have been called my brother's name I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mother does that, and it's just her mom, her dad and me. Yeah. Yeah, Hell, my... I call my boyfriend my son's name all the time, and my son my boyfriend's name. Mm-hmm. That's because our brains are so overloaded we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. No. Or they were, something they do reminds them of that person that you just say it. Mm-hmm. In my mom's family, there were the six girls, and her, uh, my grandma and grandpa have both been known to do the, uh, so, uh, ju- uh, what do we call that one? <laughs> <laughs> you, what's your name? Yeah, 
my my parent my my parents um they're both school teachers they would start calling me different names from other students mm-hmm. <laughs> well that's awful <laughs> I mean, I got some different names. I look at my mom. I'm like, who am I? What's my name? I'm confused. Oh, I mean, it's just um, again, uh, Bill Cosby. He goes, he goes, Jesus Christ, get your get your butt over here. Well, I'm not Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I'm damn it. I'm damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it was the other way, but yes, yeah, I remember that one. Damn it, get over here. I'm not damn it. I'm Jesus. Yeah, that's the way it worked. <laughs> I might still have that sound clip from the last time you did that. Because of my father, between the ages 7 through 15, I thought my name was Jesus Christ. The Jesus Christ! And my brother Russell thought his name was Dammit. Dammit, will you stop all that noise? Jesus Christ, sit down! So one day I'm out playing in the rain. My father said, damn it, will you get in here? I said, Dad, I'm Jesus Christ. Oh, That's okay. It's a fun one. Oh, Bill Cosby's always fun. He's classic. He mm-hmm. truly is. Among other things. So they go in and George orders him a cheeseburger and a double order of fries and a butterbeer. They have fries? They have fries. Chips. Chips. Tom yeah. Chips. It would be chips. Oh. And right. And he orders himself a soup because he knows he's going to Molly's to eat. And he pulls out a picture of the four of them at the ball. And he asks Alf, because Alf says, you don't even know my name. Why'd you call me Fred? And George says, I wasn't calling you Fred. And then he goes on to explain. He pulls out the photo and he says, do you know any of these people? And Alf says, well, that's mom. And that's, that's you. you. And then, or but wait, wait there's another one. <laughs> uh-huh. And he says, this is my twin brother, Fred, your father. And he says, my father, but you're the one next to mom. But even as he says that, the two boys switch places. And he goes on to tell him the story about the Yule Ball and how they'd each asked a different girl to go to the Yule Ball and then swapped halfway through because they decided that they liked the other girls better. <laughs> I saw them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least they did it so that they could tell they were getting swapped on, and they didn't just pretend to switch. Yeah. And this is when he tells him that, hey, Mom told me these stories, but we, I just thought they were fa- fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're getting mm-hmm. quiet again, Trisha. Better? Oh, so like much sw- better. I feel like I'm swallowing the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm going to start breathing on it, then I get wor- and I get worried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Should get you a better mic than I don't know. No, she. This is a new one. It's working mm-hmm. fairly well if you just just push I'm it up just to here. Get, uh, yeah. Okay. There. There we go. So he. So he explains how Fred died a little bit, mm-hmm. and then they sort of sit there quiet for a bit. And George says, "Okay, right. Should we head to the foster home then?" Mm-hmm. And, and he Alfred thinks, doesn't really want to go, but he we won't say anything. So then George is like, "Well." Or maybe I have another idea. You want to go to my mom? She's having family dinner, and you could meet some of your family, and then... (laughs) All of your family? Yeah. And then I can take you to the, you know, police department tomorrow. And Alf is like, aren't you angry at me? I said some terrible things to you. And George is like, when I found out Fred was dead, my brother Percy reached over to hug me, and I decked him. And I told him he was the devil's spawn itself, and I'd rather acknowledge... 
Voldemort for a brother than him. Percy forgave me. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh-huh. pretty mm-hmm. And he says, he knew I was hurting, and that's why he forgave me. You can only really be hurt by someone you love. Yeah. And- I liked a little bit at the end. Elf is like, but isn't Percy a Pratt? <laughs> uh, well, sometimes, yes, but uh, she missed the end of the story there. <laughs> he came back. And he's going to apparate him. And he's like, okay, hold on tight. And Elf's like, what if I let go? And he says, don't worry about it. I'll hold you tight, too. Ready? Three, two, one. And Wait Elf. for not explaining anything. Yeah. <laughs> World dissolves. And we go to Molly, who Trisha loves oh, in God. this story. <laughs> Eventually. Now, I mean, in this whole, this whole, yeah. <laughs> I don't trust Molly in this story. I hate Molly the whole entire thing. I'm on the fourth book or whatever it is, and I don't trust Molly as far as I could throw her. Ooh. I guess I'm, yeah. I don't remember holding the grudge that long, but oh, I don't know. I'm holding. I'm holding it. It's been a while since I read all of them, so Trisha's got the grudge by both hands. Oh, I got. I'm holding on tight and not let go. <laughs> I'm with you. Oh, good. Well, I do like the author's notes because she says, "Oh, it's funny." Molly may seem a bit out of character to some folks. I will ask you to bear with me. It will all unfold in due time. I have a plan. Don't send me hate mail. She didn't actually say all that, but yeah, it's, yeah, she part. pretty much begs. She goes, it'll, "It'll work out. It'll work out. Trust me. Trust me. I, I know that Molly's being a prat." But just give me some time. I'll, I'll get around to fixing it. Just chill out, people. Mm-hmm. Know like, that, that there was some hate mail coming. Oh, I never read the comments because I was too busy trying to go, I'm going to kill Molly. <laughs> <laughs> so Molly's pacing. And she's saying, do you think he'll like pot roast? Maybe I should have made him something else. And the family's like, Molly, chill. It's okay. <laughs> and, of course she won't chill. Mm-hmm. And Percy's looking at it going, well, this all looks okay, but I think we should have a blood test. And I love Ron. Once you see him, Percy, you're not going to need a blood test. There's no one else he could be. Mm -hmm. And Molly's like, I can't believe it. That that terrible Katie Bell. And Arthur says, it's not our place to judge her. And we need to make her son feel really welcome. And then we hear, and, and I love Victoire in this. Oh, she's so sweet. She is. How old is she? Like seven? I don't know. I think they're like two years. She's well. It, no, she's, she's got to be, be the close same age to as ten. Because isn't she? She must be nine. Because isn't she a year behind Teddy? I think two. Two years. Two years behind. Two years. So she's eight. Because Teddy, Teddy, and um, Alfred are the Alfred same age. The same age in this. So there we go. They're you know talking amongst themselves and trying to get things figured out. And Ron's just thinking, you know, I'm not sure this is a good idea. This poor kid is going to be overwhelmed. Here, here. Yeah. And I love Arthur. Are you implying that we might be rather imposing? (laughs) Yes, Yes, Dad. No, he's not implying anything. He's saying it right now. (laughs) I'm flat out saying this. Thank you. And Hermione's like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And he's like, no, it's not. Hermione of all people. And here we have George's voice. And and apparently, here you go, Trisha. Vomit. Vomit. Alf vomited all over George's robes when they apparated out. 
that's why it makes this a good story. Uh-huh. We vomit. We've got vomit. We're good. And here comes this open door, and there's George and a version in miniature, and it's a full ten seconds before anyone talks. And poor Alf, he's embarrassed and nauseous, and he's looking around, and he's slightly confused. And then he pretty much gets attacked. Hey! Thunk! You know? And Molly's just like, oh! Oh! Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm Alfred. And she says, you certainly are, my dear. And he, she looks at George, and I think this is the only nice thing she says to him in, in these chapters. Good job finding him, dear. And George is like, ah, he'd have to get up pretty early in the day to fool me. You trained me well. But he's not very calm either. And they sit him down at the table, and he starts eating. And, of course, Molly tries to talk to him when he's got a mouthful of food. So he's like, And then... he's not used to being spoken to at the table. That's not something they did. No. Children are to be seen and not heard. Sometimes I don't like that idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Sorry. He's, you know, he's sitting at this table, and he's already overwhelmed. And then they're all just, like, talking over each other, and... He's just like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? And Ricky, who's Frederick, Ricky for short, hands him a wand that turns into a chicken. A live chicken, no less. Oh, they've perfected this. Yes, they have. But luckily, Percy was quick and he made it disappear. And then Molly snaps at George. George, really? What were you thinking giving Ricky one of those things? And George says... I don't recall having done so. And Ron says, I did, but I told him not to bring it to the dinner table. And Ricky gets taken to timeout by Bill. And I love Victoire. My advice to you, Alf, is not to trust my brother one bit. <laughs> and Fleur's like, oh, he's just got high spirits. Sorry, Ricky. He's like Fred, his namesake. Yeah, not too much. And George says, I don't bring things to the children you wouldn't approve of, Mom. You know that. And Molly calls him Fred. Honestly, Fred. And then, oops, runs from the room. And George very quietly says, will people please, please stop bringing our projects back to the house? So mom stops thinking, I'm trying to get the rest of the family killed. And Arthur's like, nobody thinks that. But yeah, not so much. And then in comes Teddy and the Potters. Is that a band? I think it is. It sounds like a band. It sounds like a band to me. And... Ginny's like, I'm glad we got your owl, Ron, or I might have dropped the baby. You must be Alfred. And then Alfred sees Harry and does the only thing he can do and passes out. Of course, Harry's been out chasing James, who's decided to denote the garden. <laughs> and he comes in and says, would anyone like to have my eldest son? He's cheap. But, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I love, I love, I love Ron. Ah, but what else has that happened? Harry. <laughs> mm. Yeah, George says he's okay. Sorry, Harry, I should have warned you. Apparently, Katie's been telling stories, and you're sort of a mythological creature. <laughs> yeah. And Harry's like remembering when Hagrid broke down the the door and said, "You're a wizard, Harry." <laughs> so he totally <laughs> understands. Yeah, Harry really gets Elf in these because, as we said earlier, their stories are pretty similar at this point. They are. Yeah. And so George is going to take Alf home, but Arthur says, why don't you stay? Go stay in your old room. And so he takes him upstairs. This is when George finds things out. Yeah. Yep. 
because he's getting him ready for bed and, and he's fallen asleep. So Alf can't do it himself. And George is getting him ready for bed and he discovers all the welts on his back. Mm-hmm. He's like, I knew he'd injured his shoulder from, you know, trying to get through the wall. And obviously the cobblestone is going to do something to his ankle, but I was not expecting all of this stuff. Yeah. And, and I'm can you, him. you know, deal with him? But I've got, got a, a certain stepfather to find. Crucio. <laughs> I mean, he's mad. He's going off to Crucio, the guy. And Elf's like, please don't. I don't want you to go to jail. Which is probably the best thing Elf could have said. Mm-hmm. And he explains that, you know, that he's not like that. This is the first time that anything like this has happened. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. And Fleur is a healer. So Fleur has some salve that she... That's a first one. Mm-hmm. Dragon nettle salve. Mm-hmm. So he's going to dab it on... And how are nettles in salve generally, Sue? Well, once you cook the nettles, they don't sting anymore. So it's like we eat the stinging nettle soup. So, Or you dry it. If you dry them, they don't sting anymore. So as a salve, they would be just fine. And I would imagine that it's made like how I make my lemon balm bug repellent or bug Mm -hmm. itch thing, Mm -hmm. which is where you you would put the nettles in a pot and boil it slowly in some sort of oil. And then you would strain out the leaves and just have the oil. Mm -hmm. You would add beeswax or something to the oil to solidify it a little bit so that you could spread it easily. So there wouldn't actually be nettles in it. Although I do have a friend who believes very strongly in nettle. It's the little hairs on the leaves that sting you. So Mm -hmm. technically, if you grab the the nettle really hard with your hand and smash those, those little hairs, it won't sting you. I've never actually been brave enough to do it, but my friend does it all the time. And she actually thinks that the the stinging is really healing. So if she has bruises or whatever, she just puts the nettle over it and lets it sting. I don't like the feeling of the stinging nettle, so I won't do that. But I gave her a little plant, and she's got like three barrels of it now, and she just loves it. She cooks with it, and she uses it for healing, and she does all kinds of stuff with it. It's also really, really good, just plain nettle, for allergies. You have to take it in large quantities, but if you can take it in large enough quantities, it will slow down your allergy symptoms. Interesting. So, I wonder if it has some sort of natural histamine in it or something. It must, yeah. And there's our herbology lesson for the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta have a Plants with Sue segment every now and then. Every now and then, yeah. We need, we need like a little intro. Plants with Sue. Plants with soups. We need to have some plants with soups. <laughs> <laughs> but not that one. That was not good. No, you didn't like that one? Okay. It was kind of quiet anyway, because yeah. I think your mic's moved again. Yep. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, was fun. Yeah. Glad and clear. so funny. During during the horrors, I, I'm talking, and Ryan's like, Sue, we can't hear you. And I'm like, no, it says that I have power. What do you mean? And they're like, nope, still can't hear you. And I go... Shit. And he goes, well, we heard that. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yep. Alf is crying. And George says, did I hurt you? And he says, no, I'm just being a stupid girl. Oh, I don't want to hit Aunt Jenny. Aunt Jenny hear you say that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he says, I wish you told me you were hurting. And Alf said, it wasn't that bad. And I had so many other things to think about. That's for sure. Oh, my God. I mean, my God. One thing after another. Yeah. 
poor kid. He's just got to be. He's got to be so sore because he took quite a beating, and then, and then throwing himself against that however wall. many hours on the train, and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And trains aren't. I'm actually jiggling in my seat. Trains aren't, you know, smooth. The smoothest ride. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. you're going to be bouncing mm-hmm. all around. That just hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. And George says, it's too bad Fleur wasn't around when your dad and I were testing our merchandise before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any... I don't know if uh, Fleur at that age would have uh, bothered to help them with much. But... Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. He says, you must have been really young when you started the store. And George said, yeah, your Uncle Harry gave us a loan that got us started six, when we were 16 years old. We were just mail order then. That was before we buggered out with our seventh year and brought Hogwarts to its knees. <laughs> and Alf goes, oh, yeah, Professor Umbridge. He's like, ah, oh, your mom told you about her, huh? And you get swamped. Yeah, it was a swamp. <laughs> That's Gotta it. Gotta get the important details. Mm-hmm. And he falls asleep. Yeah. And George sits with him for a while, and then finally he goes to sleep. And he's thinking about his mom and that she was really a terrific woman and a wonderful mother. And she hadn't really treated him badly or anything, but with seven kids, you know, it's inevitable one of them would be kind of left behind. Yeah. And and he figures she, he's the least favorite because mm-hmm. she always yelled at him first or did something. When he and Fred got into trouble with something, he was always the one to get in the most trouble and mm-hmm. until when Fred died, she stopped scolding him for things at all and just right. didn't pay any attention to him. Didn't even talk to him, which is why he doesn't like to come to family dinners. And I don't blame him. Neither mm-hmm. do I. Well, this is when you start to hate Molly. Mm-hmm. You do kind of, if it hadn't been for the author's note saying, I know that Molly's out of character here and it's going to get fixed. Don't freak out too bad. I would have just been throwing things at Molly the whole time I was reading this. Oh, I wanted to. I knew there was a plan. Because Molly is a bitch. But still, I do, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Mm. She's terrible in this. Yeah. I think, I don't remember really the first time I read it. Because now I I know that things are going to get better. I think I kind of figured something odd was going on the first time as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But. Well, I mean, she wrote what, four other books, so I'm like, I know it's going to get better, but my God, I can't stand Molly right now. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Even in canon, she wasn't too fond of the twins. I mean, when Ron got to be a prefect, her response was, oh, that's everyone in the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true, but... I think the thing with them, at least in canon, is that we mostly get to see her being exasperated with them because they've just done something. Right. <laughs> and they're, yeah, they're the ones yeah. who most often got obviously in trouble. Right. But yeah. That was their thing. Right. Because they came after perfect Percy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm sure that Bill and Charlie had their fair share of trouble. Oh, Bill, Bill, I think Bill was always perfect. Charlie was... I I can't say the loner, but he was the ruffian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the athletic the, one. He was going out and yeah. doing all the out step, the sports and the step outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he he was your back. He was the backwood tech. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have perfect Percy, and then the twins. And you know, Molly's already got a bunch of kids, and then she adds these twins to it. 
And oh my goodness. And they're getting into everything and poking at things and pulling things yeah. that shouldn't be pulled. And, and I mean, yeah. but then also, I mean, the thing is, you always see Ron is like, oh, she forgot that I don't like roast beef mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But she does have all these kids. Ron always felt like he was forgot too. Right. And I think a lot of times, I mean, being having having a kid yourself, sometimes they do things just so they get noticed. And right. a lot mm-hmm. of times that's probably what twins did. Mm-hmm. And I think they were just curious as well. They they wanted oh, to figure yeah. out how everything did everything. So they were taking they stuff were. apart and putting it back together again, except not quite right. And, you know, all of that stuff. Right. They were Arthur. Arthur did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because of the muggle stuff. So Ginny comes in and sits with him for a little while. And she says, it's pretty amazing. And he says, it's a miracle. Percy's going to work out the custody issues for me. I can't believe I'm this lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she wants yeah, to know what's up don't... with Molly. And he says, well, she was, she wishes I was the one that's dead. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, that's not what she really thinks. But she doesn't want, she wishes neither of you had died. And she thinks it's her fault. And you remind her of it every time she looks at you. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I hope you're right, but I don't really know, but I can't even talk to her because she don't, doesn't spend time with me by myself. So yeah. Poor George. I know. And she heads out and he falls asleep and he starts dreaming and he dreams about Fred. Right. I just mm-hmm. learned about the origin of the word boo, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it's supposed huh. to be like boo stands for like I threaten or something or like it translate into something in Latin. I don't remember. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Okay. We might have to look that up, but I can't do it because yeah. it comes up too much on the recording when I type. I wonder if Google knows. Yeah. I bet you Google does. <laughs> But first, it has other a lot of other things that are called boo. So, not yet. <laughs> well, I love it because Fred jumps out of the tree and says, boo. And George is like, really, boo? You had 10 years to be a ghost and the best you came up with was boo? Peeves was never that trite. And he's like, you're comparing me to Peeves. And then he tackles him and they wrestle and, and stuff. And then they just kind of fall silent. George says, I miss you. And Fred says, why don't you come visit more often? I mean, like this, not the horrific stuff that you, where you relive the battle or dream of me being eaten by the giant squid when we were kids or Umbridge cursing me into oblivion in seventh year. Why don't you come and spend time with me like this? And George said, I didn't know. And I don't mean to be morbid, but it just didn't seem possible to dream like this. And Fred says, ah, then you got Alfred, huh? And George is like, you knew. And he said, well, I didn't know until after I was dead. (laughs) He looks like me, though, right? He's handsome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like me. Only he's got two ears. And he's a tad quieter, which, yeah. (laughs) When you're surrounded by 20 people you don't know. Yep. You be quiet, too. Mm -hmm. And Fred says, Mom really does love you. Don't take it to heart. She loves you. And then Fred sighs and he says, hey, you're needed. You need to go. And else having a bad dream. Apparently, um, to take things back a little bit, the word boo was first discovered in a um, in a book in 1738, defined as a word that's used north in the north of Scotland to frighten crying children. Um, oh, nice. And then Why would you want to do that? 
we don't know. <laughs> and it <laughs> on, moved on to ghosts and people with sheets on their heads, according to this article, uh, by 1820s or so. Um, no, but it, no, no, it's true because when when Ark was really little, he would start crying, and I, I don't know what happened, but I went boo, and when I went boo, Ark started laughing. Yes, he stopped crying. Giggle. Kids giggle when you do that. They do. Okay. And they think that the combination of the b sound and the oo sound it makes it particularly startling. And some people apparently argue that oo can be said louder than other vowel sounds. So it might help that way. And it's also very quick because there's only one syllable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how people have looked into this. Mm-hmm. When they have possible origins, it might be from... The a Latin word, Latin or Greek words that mean to cry aloud, to roar and shout. But they think that really the the sound is probably just an, a nonsense sound. Mm. It might be slightly related to an, an imitation of a sound a calf makes or um, a, what? a, a calf? calf, a baby cow, baby oh, cow, okay. or something like the uh, the uh, original origin of the boogeyman. You know, the boo man. <laughs> Apparently, if you are frightening people in Spanish, you say ooh. In France, it's H-O-U, which is again ooh. And uh, then... Um, Where the hell did you find this article? <laughs> Google. Google is our friend. Yeah. It's on Slate. So it's um, it's a humor article, but uh, it does have references. <laughs> So who know who knows how um, you know scholarly how very accurate it is, but mm-hmm. it's got some interesting bits anyway. Wow! And as far as boo being a thing for like boo, you suck. Uh, that didn't show up until the 19th century, apparently. Okay. Anyway, thank you. Minor uh, sidetrack. <laughs> I will provide a link to this. No, article not a, not a minor. <laughs> <laughs> we had a way off course again. Well, not really. Uh-uh. Never. Never. <laughs> so poor Alf is having a bad dream. He's twisting and muttering, and he's like, "No, stop it! Don't kill her! Don't! I can't, Mom! I can't stop Voldemort! I'm not like Harry Potter's stupid wand!" And George wakes him up, and he says, "You know, Voldemort's dead. He can't hurt anyone anymore." And Alf says, "I thought he was killing Mum." The wand wouldn't work for me. Mom said if I was good like Harry, it would work. (laughs) George hushes him and says, First of all, nobody is as bloody good as your Uncle Harry. And second, thanks to your Uncle Harry, Voldemort is dead and gone, and you don't have to worry about him. And and third, when Harry, Uncle Harry was your age, he couldn't do magic any better than you. So just go back to sleep and don't worry about it. And he settles back down and goes to sleep. And as George decides to leave, he finds out that Alf has a death grip on his sleep shirt and George isn't going anywhere. Next chapter. We move on. George gets up. He does. And he decides sleeping in this little twin bed's not a good thing. (laughs) No. (laughs) It was comfortable when he was a kid, but as a grown-up, not so much. Not with another kid in there Mm -hmm. with you. Mm Mm-hmm. And not really a lot of space. No, not much. He goes downstairs, and Molly's been working on breakfast, but she's not there, and he looks and sees her out in the garden, looking for fresh tomatoes. And he pours himself some, some tea, and he turns to the flue to fire chat with Ron. 
And Hermione's like, George, you look wonderful. And he's like, of course I do. I'm stunningly handsome, don't you know? <laughs> and he lets him know that Ron can open up and he's going to spend the day with Al. And Hermione says, yeah, we've kind of figured that's what you would do. He'll, he's yeah. going to go open up and set up Aurora and Verity. And Ron had actually planned on this already. And he's like, oh, really? He's finally started thinking. <laughs> Pretty much. And he's like, have a grand day, Hermione, which is probably the happiest he has been in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And here comes Alf. He'd gotten himself dressed Mm -hmm. and he's staring because George just had his head stuck in the fireplace. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, before we get to Alf, Mm -hmm. George has nicknamed Hermione me, okay? I about threw my computer out the door. Oh, no. It's my, most likely. From the way it's pronounced. But, yeah. <laughs> you don't like nicknames for Hermione, do you? Uh-uh. No. Apparently not. Well, it's better than Herm. Or Myony. still. I can see my. Hermy. What's the matter? I said Hermy. I know. The dog decided to get up. He's panting really heavy. <laughs> oh. There's a good boy. It's so nice, because he's the only one, and he's actually being quiet. I expected him to bark his way through this. <laughs> but Alf's like, uh, doesn't it hurt to have your head in the fire? He's like, nope. Not if you do it right. <laughs> don't try this until we teach it, taught you how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and he pours it. Now I'm trying to think of all the things that could go possibly go wrong when you're trying to fire chat versus fluing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, your head spins. It's just got to be disconcerting. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm imagining somebody whose flu powder up. is a little bit stale, losing all their hair. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you breathe in soot, and then you you, yeah. you talk in your sexy voice because you're all hoarse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could sneeze and put the fire out. Oh, yeah. And then you're, like, stuck with your head on one side of the world and your body on the other. Ew. That okay. would be bad. Mm-hmm. It'd be in the head of They must have safeguards against that sort of thing. I would hope. I think it would be hard to sneeze out the fire. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to have a certain amount of fire going before you Mm -hmm. can get it to work. It's probably not really coals like they did in the movie. I think it's really interesting that Molly fed... Amos. Amos, thank you. I'm like, what was his name? Amos Diggory. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stuck a piece of toast in his mouth. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'll take this right from my office with me. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Yeah. So apparently you can transfer small objects through the flu this way. Mm -hmm. Least toast. Least toast. I've I've read one where um, you can order an owl from the, the owl office and send your knuts through the flames mm-hmm. to pay for it. Yep. <laughs> I don't remember which one it was, but I read that one. I believe it was dangerous, actually. Oh, well, that makes sense. Because I remember finding sound effects for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Well, Al doesn't like pumpkin juice. No. <laughs> no. I still I'm can't get intrigued by pumpkin, pumpkin juice. I don't know how they would do it exactly to make it a a palatable juice drink, or if it's more like carrot juice or something like that, and it is actually say, just they, the vegetable. They probably have a juicer, uh, like a juicer or something like that. Well, I they might make they put it like t- spices and sweetening in it, or yeah, probably like pumpkin pie filling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably put nutmeg in it. Yeah, that's a little Cinnamon. thick. My, the one I had was cut with apple juice. 
So it was apple mm. juice with pureed pumpkin in it, a little bit of nutmeg, a little bit of cinnamon. And it was actually delightful. Mm. Uh, while Ryan and Danielle were here, we had pumpkin cider. Okay. And that was really good. And how did they make that? Was that apple cider with pumpkin as well? Or? I don't know. It was a store-bought thing that we got. We went to a cider shop and and got cider because apparently cider is gluten-free. So that was really cool. And we got a Marionberry one too. And I didn't like the Marionberry at all. It was it was too hard of a cider. But the pumpkin cider was really good. And if I could find that again, I would get some. I wonder if they have that in our local store. I should look. Cider's, I mean, it's in season now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the house I'm staying at right now has apple cider, but it's, it's again, it's it's a little sharper, and I don't like it as well as, like, I like my mics. I could probably find a mics if I liked hard enough, but I didn't think I needed to be drinking during our first podcast, so I didn't. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> I know. So he says, muggle orange juice is better, but don't tell my mom, because she'd be upset. And, of course, she's behind him. Don't you disparage pumpkin juice, it's good for you. Oh, for pity. Uh-huh. Reminds me of when we always had our orange juice with the yeast in it. <laughs> Every time we went to Grandma's house, we'd get orange juice with the yeast and stuff because it was supposed to be good for you. Uh-huh. Wait, 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 wait. You're not talking pulp? No, like actual, like, brewer's yeast brewer's thrown in yeast. a Shared glass of orange it. juice. Yeah. Why? Did not make it taste very good, but apparently Why? it was supposed to help. It's probably Along good with our for four you or five and pills. It probably aids in digestion. Mm. It's probably a fiber thing or something like that. Mm. But oh, right. It's like it's stopped music. happening since we have stopped going to Grandma's house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think she was. I don't think she kept up with it all the way either. I think once we were past a certain age, she sort of stopped doing that whenever we went over. Mm-hmm. But. But none of us have carried the tradition on to the next generation. <laughs> no. So, you know. So, so Molly gets oatmeal for Alf and, and she says, so George, I assume you'll be leaving Alf here when you leave for work. And George is like, no, I'm taking the day off. Alf's more important. And I'm going to, I got to set up my place for a 10 year old. I didn't think for, about that. And Molly's like, oh, that's not very responsible. Ignoring your work. And George is like, huh? It's what happens when your own boss. Yeah. And she snarks at him and says, of course, my successful son, the Hogwarts dropout. Oh, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, this is when you're like, bitch. Something's going on with Molly. Because normally her response to, you know, I've got a Alpha is more important would be, well, yes, of course he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so he just sort of decides to break in and says, Hey, Uncle George, how about those lawn gnomes? Yeah. Will you teach me how those. to throw them? Yeah, that sounds yeah. like fun. So George is going to take him out to show him lawn gnomes, even though Molly doesn't think that's a good idea. And he says, when is Percy coming back for lunch? And, of course, Molly says, he comes every day. The dear boy, he comes every day for lunch. And George is just like, yeah, yeah, rub it in. Mm-hmm. So, and Molly says, Percy is handling everything. Which should have dun, a little dun dun dun, dun, dun behind uh, it. Yeah. And as they leave, she looks at George and she's like, he's happy. Could she really go through with this? And then she says she has to. It's the right thing. She has to do the right thing for young Alfred. And that gives us the clue that there really should be a dun 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 behind that. Mm-hmm. And this is 
is when we love Fleur. We do love Fleur. Fleur is freaking awesome. Yeah, she mm-hmm. kicks a little butt in this thing. Oh, she's yeah. She's, she's Superwoman. Mm-hmm. She's Super yeah. Vila. Super Vila is right. Yeah. And and a little later on, I think that they laugh about it and they're like, and I guess I, sh- I guess this might be spoiling next week's chapters, but it's like, can you imagine what she's doing to Bill tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Not only is he on the couch, he's in the doghouse and they don't even have a dog. She made the doghouse just for him. <laughs> so. Yeah. So. We go up to Ron, and mm-hmm. everybody's coming up and wanting to know, so Fred had a son? Really? <laughs> News travels fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're all really happy about it. And Which... Fleur comes in and says, I need a word with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned because the rest of your family has apparently gone nuts. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And... Who wants to see George? George's heart ripped out. It's a complete moron. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently so is my husband. Mm-hmm. Bill? Yeah, I love Ron. Yeah. Come again? You mean Bill? Am I married to anyone else? No, my other husband. <laughs> it has come to a surprise to me. I have married what you have called a complete moron. Yeah, and he's being that, too. So basically... Thankfully, Victoire was there because they stopped talking whenever Fleur came into the room. But they have decided that instead of getting custody for George, Percy's getting custody for Molly and Arthur. Yeah. And Ron gets mad. And he's like, you saw them last night. George is like a whole new man. Why would they do this? And if they do this, it's going to kill him. And so he says, all right, I'll send owls to Hermione and... To Ginny and to Harry, you make sure Bill's there for lunch, and we're going to hash this out as a family. Yes, they will. Because um, apparently Lily's at the doctor, so Ginny had to take her to the doctor, and Harry's in a conference with Shacklebolt, but that's okay. And Ron's like, over my dead body, this is not going to happen. And they head off on their separate ways, and they both have missions. And poor George is thinking, man, I'm getting hungry. It must be time for lunch. How come nobody's called us yet? As they're tossing gnomes over the fence. And and Alice just having so much fun. I was going to say, that has to be kind of fun. It's got to be cathartic, right? Mm -hmm. And you know they just come right back. But so George. It's annoying for the kids because they have other stuff they want to do. But if you just want to throw things for a while, why not throw some gnomes? Right. (laughs) And you know what? It's, yeah, you know what? It has to be kind of a little therapeutic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hit a, hit a punching bag. What do you do? I fling a, I fling a nail. Hey, look, I got that one over the head. (laughs) So he, George asks Alf about his dream the night before. And Alf says, you know, cancer eats you up on the inside. That's what Marky Andrews told me anyway. Like little Mm -hmm. things eating you up until you die. And last night I mixed up the story that mom told me of her cancer with Voldemort. Voldemort like making her sick. And and I had her wand and I kept waving it and nothing happened. And Voldemort laughed at me because I wasn't very good. And I can't have been able to cure her. And George says, you know, when your dad died... I spent every minute of every day asking what I could have done to stop it. It was inconceivable that I shouldn't have been able to save him somehow. Yeah. And And he also shares a little bit of what was in her letter to him that, Mm -hmm. you know, even if they had been around magic, 
Um, if they'd caught it really early, it might have helped. But by the time they really knew what was going on, even if they'd gone back right away, it, it wouldn't have done anything. Because mm-hmm. so, she missed some of the early symptoms and wasn't paying attention to them and was pushing them aside. Uh, right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Alf says, Uncle George, can I stay? And George says, of course. Oh, like I love you, George. <laughs> yeah. Do you really think that once I had you, there was a chance in hell that I would be letting you go? Yeah. And so they decide, oh, come on, it's got to be lunchtime. Race you to the door. Mm-hmm. Oh, magic. Yeah. And so they're like running and tackling each other and tickling each other. And so it takes them quite some time to get to the door. Mm-hmm. And Victoire kind of stops them a little bit because mm-hmm. she's sitting. This kid is smart. She is. Mm-hmm. She's they're having an argument. Mother. Well, how do you know they're having an argument? I can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only way in this household to not hear anything is if they put up silencing spells. So, yeah. I think you need to go in there and I should take Alf upstairs. And Alf is like, is everything okay? And George says, nope. it will be. Mm-hmm. And off he goes into the lion's den. Which is his own family, and it shouldn't be the lion's den. And this is really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we change chapters. I love this chapter. We follow <laughs> off and Victoire upstairs, and she says, Oh, don't worry, my mother will take care of things. Mm-hmm. She likes you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Teddy? I'm going to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What do you think? And he's like, Which one was Teddy again? Oh, yeah, the one with the blue hair. I remember. And. Mm-hmm. They're kind of talking, and and she she, she tells him. I, I did see. Yeah, I'm gonna marry him. Um, isn't that your cousin, or is that okay in the wizard world? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They weren't really cousins. He's uh, Harry's his godfather, not his actual father. And yeah, and he says, you know, you and and Teddy have a lot in common. His, I think he, you'll be good. His friends. family died at the same day that your father died. Yeah. And then she goes on to say that he doesn't have very many friends because his father was a werewolf. And even though people praise Remus for being a hero, they still won't let their kids play with Teddy. Poor Teddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she explains this. She says, you know, his his mother was a metamorph magus, although she can't say the whole word. No, <laughs> means she can change like Teddy can. And his father was a werewolf. And he's like, cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, Yeah. but Victoria's like, people are stupid. They don't let their kids play with him because his father was a werewolf. And and he doesn't show any signs of changing, and neither does my dad. So there. Mm -hmm. And so she explains a little bit about Bill and Fenrir Mm -hmm. and says, well, it's too bad. I didn't expect wizards to be as dumb as muggles. But he says, well, Um, mother says there are dumb people everywhere. Even in your own family. <laughs> and then we mm-hmm. hear this terrible commotion downstairs. And, and George goes crashing out of the back door mm-hmm. and runs across the lawn. And Alf has to go yeah. after him. Yeah. He just screams in agony and Al knows. Yeah. Alf he's like, I have heard that scream inside. Mm-hmm. And going- he's going down, he, he goes down the stairs and he's going out the door. And Harry blocks Bill from getting him. Yeah. <laughs> It's more of a, a chaser move than a seeker move, but it works. And then I can we, just imagine him sticking out a leg or something. Mm. I think he body blocked him. I think he just oh, like, body yeah. slammed him. 
Because <laughs> at this point, Harry's mad too. Yes, as we mm-hmm. find out in this next section. We're going to find out really soon. So, George. This is, okay, warning. Go this ahead. When we're really pissed off at Molly. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, be prepared. Everybody take off their shoes and hide them from yourself before you want to throw them at people. Just throw them at your computer. Don't hurt your computer screen, people. It will mm-hmm. all work itself out, I promise. Do not crack the messenger. <laughs> yeah. So George has wandered into the kitchen. Actually, he's walked purposely into the kitchen. And, he, and of course, everybody stops talking immediately. And he's like, well, I don't need to know. ask who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And Percy's avoiding his gaze, and Bill's looking at him with sympathy and condense, condensation? Condensation? Uh, That's not right. Condes- condescension, not right. yes. Condescension, there we go. Condensation and, is what happens when it's yeah, cold on one side and, and hot on the other, on the other. side. <laughs> I know, I'm like, That's not right. Fleur and Ron. That'd be an awesome spell. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and I like Molly, because Percy arranged for custody here. Well, that's great. Yeah, except for that, we're going to take custody and not you. Thank you. What? Yeah. Well, and, and I love that because he's like, that's great. What do you need from me? He asked Percy. And Percy's like, get out of the way. Oh, uh, didn't like, you just want to punch Percy? I want oh, well, to punch per- Percy. Percy needs to be punched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I beg your pardon. I mean, I can kind of see Bill. Not really. No, I can, but, I, I can see Percy saying that. Oh, yeah. Percy's saying that for sure. But, you know, Percy's a prat. And Bill's like, we don't think that you're an appropriate guardian for Alfred. We're having him assigned to mom and dad. And George feels like he's been punched. Oh. And he says, and you all feel this way. And Ron's like, like hell. Alf belongs with <laughs> Yay, you. Yay, Ron. Any idiot can see that. And Fleur and I are firmly on your side. Mm-hmm. And, uh. George kind of feels a little bit sad that he and Fred tormented Ron so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And Molly's like, don't tell me what I know about my own children. What I know is that George can barely take care of himself, let alone a child. And yeah, I, I mean, this is just, he wasn't trying to be condescending, but the thing is, I can take care of myself perfectly fine for 10 years. I have a successful business and more financially and can more financially provide him. And she was like, don't you rub it in my face. I was like, holy shit, Molly. Yeah, because he's not rubbing it in his, her face. He's stating facts, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been happy. But I'm living and I'm surviving and things are working out. And he doesn't think that it's that Molly and Arthur can't support him. He's saying, it's my responsibility. He's my brother's son. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, you've just been wallowing in your grief and sh- in self-pity and shutting yourself off from the family. And he says, I'm not shutting like myself off from the family because of Fred. Because of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. You're treating me like dirt. Why would I want to come and be with the family? Would you treat me like you treat me? Well, that sets her off. And Katie gave him to me. Katie asked me to raise him. And she's like, well, Katie doesn't know what you've become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where he says, you know, admit it, you've been wishing I was the one who's dead. And this is a shock to Arthur. And mm-hmm. But Molly's yeah. just angry. Yeah. And, you know, you're the one that caused all the trouble. You're the one that started everything. You, the store dropping out of Hogwarts, going to pick up Harry and Arthur's flying car. Your idea every time. And George says, no, not every time. But I don't expect you to believe that. And she says, Fred followed you wherever you went. 
you know. And where were you? Well, he was dying off somewhere safe. And Ron says he was off protecting dad. Yeah. Because dad's been sitting behind a desk and they don't know if he's done anything. Percy's been sitting behind a desk and they don't know if he's any good. So they split up and went with each of them. Yeah. They they went to protect other people. You know, dad got bit by that snake and he's a little slow and he hasn't actually been in combat in a whole bunch of years. So we didn't know how they were going to react. And yeah, Percy didn't need us. He was great. But you know what? Dad needed me. So there. And Molly and Arthur look at him and go, I never knew. And he's like, oh, well, I didn't mean for you to know. Did you think we were going to say something to you? Hi, Dad. I think you're kind of old for this, so I'm just going to come with you. I'm just going to follow you along. And I love Ron. You know, we have all of these fics. I was thinking about this while I was reading this. We have all of these fics where Ron doesn't grow up, where Ron is a prat, all of this stuff. And I really like the portrayal of Ron in this story. Mm-hmm. Ron yeah. has stepped up. He's the man. And he yeah. truly cares and he's for his family. become really good at um, running the store and doing all this other stuff. But, yeah. yeah. And he's not afraid of saying what he believes is the truth. Even mm-hmm. if it's to his mother, which could be a really scary thing to say to his mother. Mm-hmm. You know? But he says, Fred died. Because of a freak accident. It didn't have anything to do with whether or not George was there. If George had been with Fred, they would have both died. Yeah. You know, let's think about this. It just happened. It was an accident. If you want to blame somebody, you need to blame the Death Eater that cast the spell. And George is just like, nobody's taking him away from me. And Percy says, the courts will once they see your files. My what? And Bill says, you tried to kill yourself. Have you forgotten attempting to slit your wrist with Gryffindor's sword? Because I can assure you, I have never forgotten finding you in a pool of your own blood. Mm-hmm. And that explains where Bill's coming from here. Because otherwise, I could not see him doing right. much of this. But he's he's flashing back to that. Right. He's the one who found him. And he's like, that was ten years ago. Ten years ago! I just lost my brother and my friend. None of you can ever understand what that did for me. I was just George then. And mm-hmm. you know what? I was it's wrong. When, but It's when Victoire was born that he finally started coming back to himself because he mm-hmm. was living with Bill and Fleur at the time. Yeah. And Fleur says that she's always known that he started coming back because of the children. And the children know, too. They love their Uncle George. And Molly's yeah. like, bully for you. I'm not letting George kill Fred again. You know what the law regarding suicide is. We hushed it up, but if they knew, you'd spend the rest of your life in St. Mungo's. Wait, what is this? Like 1800s England? Yeah. You know, like, sometimes, I mean, this or the thing, I mean, in some many ways, the wizarding world is is backwards Mm -hmm. when it comes to this kind of stuff. I mean, hell, they still freaking wear robes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Ron is horrified. You wouldn't. And George looks at his mother and he, he says, oh, yeah, she would. She well, would. If I try to fight mail. this, then I will end up in St. Mungo's for the rest of my life. Yeah. And George says, Mom, did you ever love me at all? And she says, no, I never could. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. And, yeah. And Arthur's just appalled. Yeah. And he says, I've always known, and yet it still hurts. And he turns and he and he runs and he goes to Fred's grave. And Ginny, who has just walked in with Harry, goes nuts. 
She goes, Mother, what are you playing at? And of all the people, because Molly is a force of nature and she is someone to fear, but Ginny is as much a force of nature. And if anyone can take on Molly, it's going to be Ginny. And this is where Alf comes running down the stairs. Yeah. The, and, you know, you never understood. You never had twins. You can't understand. There's rules. I know what I'm doing. And Jenny's like, mm-hmm. bollocks. So there's something going on here. Yeah. There's some sort of weird thing with twins mm-hmm. that we will find out about later. But, yeah. yeah. And she says, you know, the principal rule of motherhood is to love your children. I learned that from you. And you That's always all did. I did. Oh. You might have been sharper with George than the rest of us, but you never fooled me. But ever since the day Fred died, you look at George and you think you failed Fred. And every time George sits down for dinner, the guilt consumes you. Don't deny it. And she looks over at all of them and she says, Do you all claim you not to love George? Or you don't place any value on the fact that for the past 24 hours he's been so much happier than he has in the last 10 years? And Yeah. And Bill says, well, of course we care about him, but Alf is a child. He needs to have, and Harry goes nuts. Yeah. He needs George! I love this. Yeah. And he's like, look, I'm the only one in this room that knows what that boy is feeling. Because my life paralleled his life in ways. And I don't care what any of you think. He needs George. He needs somebody that is going to be there for him. And yeah, you guys will be there, but you're not what he needs. Mm-hmm. He's come looking for family, and what he found is George. Yeah. And they have a, a real connection. You could see them sleeping together this morning. And yeah, yeah. I just, I just like Harry looked about. Sirius would have loved me like a father. My parents knew that. That's why they chose him to be my godfather. I love Teddy every bit as much as I love James, James and Albus. And he knows I'm a direct link to his father. Mm-hmm. And that's what George Lily's not born yet, I don't think. No, she's there. Yeah, she's just Ginny a had a baby. Yeah, yeah. she's just a little, little one. Yeah. But, I mean, it's because boys. Yeah, he's talking about sons. I don't yeah. care what it looks like on paper. George is the only person who can take care of Alfred's needs. And, yeah, he's right, because you know what? That is his twin brother as a mm-hmm. direct link to his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as it turns out... Harry took care of this whole suicide record thing <laughs> 10 years ago. It doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. He got rid of the records and he uh, wiped the minds of anybody that knew that George was in the hospital. And he flat out tells them, if you pursue this, I will wipe your minds too. Mm-hmm. And you just go, yes, go Harry. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is larger than life, Harry. This is, this is the, the savior kind of thing. I mean, he... Mm-hmm. he, he can you, you can see the wind machine going behind him. And yeah. Blowing. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the sun beating down on me. And it's like, whoa! <laughs> I mean, you know, I beg you not to do this. After everything this family has been through, don't let something as miraculous as finding Alfred destroy it. And he gives Ginny a kiss and he walks out to George. Yeah. And we go to George. And meanwhile... Alfred has come and found him mm-hmm. and said, you know, Fred wouldn't have wanted you to be the one to die. And you do matter to me. Yeah. And you know what? If they try and send you, send me away, we should just go. We should go somewhere and where they weren't, aren't going to bother us and leave us alone. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I like Alf here. He says, I'm sorry, sir, but that's just stupid. I'd still be stuck in that alley at the bloody sidewalk if not for you. And he took a deep breath and he said, We belong, which is the name of this story. 
Not me. I, can't I, I did. All right. I tend to think of We Are One from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Lion King 2, I think. And, yeah. And he says, I'm sorry, Alf, but I'm going to lose you. And Alf's like, why? What did you do? What could you have done? And he said, I tried to kill myself the day of, my dad, of your dad's funeral. And, you know, mom wouldn't look at me. People kept calling me Fred by accident. Harry and Ron and Hermione were, you know, exhausted. Ginny was keeping Harry sane, and I just lost my place, my place in the family, and I just wanted the paint to end. And I didn't think anybody would care. Yeah. And I was like, but that was 10 years ago. You're better now. And he says, yeah, but it won't matter to the judge. Yeah, this is, I mean, the thing is, this is where Al's muggle upbringing comes in. Because, I mean, in our society, we know there is depression and good health and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's different. Yeah. And so Alf says, fine, let's go. Let's run away. We won't even go back up to the house. Let's just go. And George says, mm-hmm. they won't let us. And Alf says, are you a wizard? <laughs> yeah. Are you a wizard or what? <laughs> yeah. And, and they says, well, I guess we could try going to Bulgaria. I mean, we know Victor Crumb. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, but before they can go, Harry shows up and says, don't do it. And he's like, if you try to stop me, is it, no, don't do it. Because if you go, it will just completely make nonsense of the tantrum I just had. <laughs> Where I clearly announced that nobody was taking Elf away from you, full stop. And George says, if you're lying to me, and Harry says, I promise on the grave of my godfather that I am not. I know better than anyone where Alfred belongs, George. Jin agrees with me, and I think you already know how Ron and Hermione and Fleur feel. And George is like, I won't lose him. He says, no, you won't. We've already, I already dealt with the whole suicide thing. That's gone. Yeah. And I didn't think they'd try to use it, but there's no evidence whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing they can do. Besides, I don't want to leave the joke shop to Ron. It just wouldn't be the same. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have any vision. Yeah. And I love Alf, because Alf has been trained for these ten years to call the, the man of the house Sir. And he keeps Sirring George, and George is like, could you please stop calling me Sir? Uncle George, just call me Uncle George. Mm-hmm. And Harry invites them to come to Godric's Hollow. And mm-hmm. uh, Ron can run the shop, and they can stay with Harry and Ginny and hang out with Teddy because, you know, he might like to have a friend who's uh, not a prejudiced git as Al fin- finishes. <laughs> yeah. He's, is it safe for Alf down there? And, and Harry's like, would you cross Ginny when she's angry? Nope. I wouldn't. All right, let's go. Yeah. And Alf gives Harry a hug and says, Mom was right, you are a great wizard, and takes off back to the house. And mm-hmm. George is like, yep, the legend of Harry Potter continues. <laughs> he didn't really want to go to Bulgaria anyway. Mm-hmm. I've never much been Bulgaria. Yeah. yeah. And Harry says, well, I wouldn't have been, I would have run away with Sirius, but he was in like the Sahara. And yeah, no, you'd have burned to a crisp. <laughs> mm-hmm. Harry says, Ron, let me know what was going on. And I sort of caused a scene in Shacklebolt's office. I know nobody. I love, I want to see that. Mm -hmm. There's a one (laughs) shot for people. Mm -hmm. I know nobody ever spoke up for me because there were always reasons why I had to stay in my own personal hell. But I'm damned if I'm going to let it happen to a child of a good friend. And George says, brother, you are always an honorary Weasley. 
Hmm. Things a little weird with Ginny, doesn't it? (laughs) Just a little. And that's where we're ending it this time around. It's the end of chapter six. It is. I told you I hate Molly. I know you do. And in this these chapters, I hate her right along with you. <laughs> I hate her even in the other chapters. Oh, okay, I don't hate her. I dislike her. I don't trust her. Right. She makes me mm. mad. Yeah. yeah, things get better. I know there's a reason, but still, it, it, three is not a good reason. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. It's stupid. So, well, we know that Trisha has enjoyed the story because she's already read through all of them. I'm on mm-hmm. the last one. Yeah. I did the same when we came across it earlier. Somebody recommended it on the forum, I think. Yep. And the minute I read it, I was like, this one's going on the podcast. No no ifs, ands, or buts, and that's why I put it on first. Mm-hmm. So. Are you reading the other four? <laughs> I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> You never know. <laughs> we'll have to see where we're at. Okay. Mooney, what do you think? I remember reading this either as it was just coming out or just as it was finished because I've read at least the first two. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I've read all of them. <laughs> I was telling Sue earlier, you know, I've got this little plot point in my head for future chapters. And I was like, is this the fic that I'm thinking of? So yes, that got confirmed. So that was nice. Cause it was driving me nuts. Um, but I really, really liked it. It's just a really nice sort of next gen fic that goes places you just would never think of. Mm-hmm. And I totally don't remember the rest of the series, but I suppose we'll find out eventually. Well, but the, it's, it's interesting. But was it in the, this batch of chapters where Katie talks about she was the first non-Slytherin in her family? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's yeah. part of why she, George was, uh, Fred thought it was weird that she was wanting to run away. Uh, that was the first time she's ever backed down from a fight. Yes. Yeah. That's right. On the other hand, that, that bit got me. I was like, why can't we have nice Slytherins? We do. <laughs> Yeah, we do have in the other in the other stories. Hmm. Yeah, in the other one, but it was just like, hmm, but oh well. you know, I I think this is such a neat premise. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. You it's know, George. Don't want to kill Molly. Yeah, but Fred's son, and I think mm-hmm. I like the way that he doesn't find out about it until he's ten years old. Because if yeah. they'd known and they'd raised him, it would be a completely different story. Mm-hmm. But this. I like the beginning the is goes. very much a parallel to um, Philosopher's Stone, yeah. Yeah. And Voldemort, kind of. Well, it is. It's parallel Are you comparing to Molly point. to Voldemort? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's parallel to the point where the thing is, he's his stepfather doesn't take him in. Mm-hmm. He gets to go to the wizarding world. It's kind of it's kind of to the point where okay, it starts out like Harry, but the thing is, this is what we always wanted Harry to have. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. We wanted him to have family that he could go back to. Mm-hmm. And he never, I mean, he could have had family with the Weasleys easily, but Dumbledore wouldn't He just wouldn't wasn't comfortable him. doing that. Well, and Dumbledore wouldn't let him. That too, yeah. So. And yes, it's nice that it's not exactly the same. And I mean, his family yeah. was mostly decent to him, except for that one night, which is, you know, right after the funeral and obviously stressful. I remember, I think from later in this story, certainly later in the other stories, he does at least get back in touch with his uh, mm-hmm. uh, step family, which is nice. Yes. Because there's a twist there as well. Yes. I just got to the twist. And Guys, yes, I'm this... going to have to. I have, I you have got to, to go to bed. Yeah. 
Well, let's say goodnight so Trisha can go to bed. All right. And then if we want to yak for a bit longer, we can yak for a bit longer. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks for putting this story on the podcast, too. I mm-hmm. yeah. really enjoyed Ooh. reading it the first time, and I'm going to enjoy reading it again. So Yeah. yeah. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't wait. I had to load the next six chapters the other day because I was like, I need more. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. <laughs> if those of you listening, if you want to read up for the next podcast, we're covering chapters 7 through 12. If you're like most of us, you probably won't need to stop anyway. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if did. you want to know exactly which bits we're talking about, that's what it is. Yes. So you'll have to come back next time and see what happens. Yeah. Unless you read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> oh, good. I got the yawn on there. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.